You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to episode number 240 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, December 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of uh, LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. The show is on Twitter as well, Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode as well as links to posts I write for LockedOnRaptors.com. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, and it's alongside all the other Locked On NBA shows. The, of course, there's team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams, uh, available on the Locked On NBA and NFL networks. Uh, lots of great stuff. There's also Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke, the big show. Uh, and they're all together in the Locked On NBA iTunes channel, Locked On NFL. Uh, it's a great place to find a lot of great content. If you're an NFL fan, playoff race is heating up. If you want to hear about your team, if you want to hear about that disaster of a game that took place on Monday between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, check out Locked On Steelers are locked on Bengals. Uh, lots of amazing content for you to sift through. Uh, find people you like, and then when you find someone you like, subscribe to their show separately on iTunes, and you can do that with us as well. Please uh, find Locked On Raptors, leave a rating, leave a review. It takes no time at all. It's the easiest way for you to support the show, show that you care, help to move us up the rankings and all that good stuff. So please do that, and I'd be forever indebted to you. Uh, on today's show, it's uh, it's going to be like a recap episode, one of these classic ones that I haven't done in a while because uh, individual games for the Raptors aren't all that interesting because they're really good and they're very consistently good. Um, but we'll talk about the game against the Suns, we'll talk about Kyle Lowry, who's just been on one lately because he's Kyle Lowry and that's just what he does. He goes he goes on one frequently. Uh, we'll talk about Fred Van Vliet and the job he's done as the backup point guard, the net rating king in the NBA right now. Uh, inexplicably, somehow. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Serge Baca had a nice game as well. Lots of stuff to get to today. But before we get into all that, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that, of course, is Draft. Fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, you need to try my new favorite app, and that's Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. There's no trades. There's no waiver wire. Uh, The draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. If you have an injury, say someone's sick or it was a last-minute scratch in the lineup, uh, they'll send you a little push notification and say, hey, uh, you got to replace this dude. So you go in, you pick a player, and it's so easy, so quick, uh, and it rarely really hurts your chances all that much because there are so many good players available uh, because the drafts and leagues are small. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everybody. There's a dollar, three bucks, five bucks, nine bucks. Uh, you can play all the way up to hundreds of dollars if you want. There's tournaments you can enter over like over, over like a long week. I've won a lot of money in those before. Uh, you just kind of keep winning, and you you know you rack up money, and, and you get further into the tournament. There's no salary caps. You play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join the game in minutes or play right from your computer at Draft.com, whatever you want. In Canada, there is not yet an app for Google Play, so if you are a Google user you want to play Draft, you have to go to Draft.com. But it's also a very easy interface for you to check out. Uh, For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into Draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code to do that. Use the promo code LORAPTORS. That's right. 
Play a real money game for, for free just using my promo code LORAPTORS. That's LORAPTORS as in Lockdown Raptors, all one word. And you're, you'll get a free game upon your first deposit on draft, a free $3 entry. Uh, and the leagues I run for Wednesday, when I when it's Draft Wednesday on the Locked On Podcast Network, I do $3 leagues. You can join uh, the Locked On Raptors League that I post every day, uh, every Wednesday, and uh, come take my money because I'm very bad at this. So make sure you're doing that. Make sure you're following all the Locked On hosts on there. You can follow me at Locked On Sean uh, to see any drafts I post. You can challenge me to a draft if you want. That's pretty fun. Um, it's, a, it's a really great time. It's a lot of fun. It's a great way to sort of liven up the, you know, a nice league pass night. Uh, tonight's Wednesday. There's 10 games going on. Like, why not do a draft and uh, and watch your guys, you know, rack up points. Uh, so thanks so much to Draft for sponsoring the podcast. Remember, that's promo code LORAPTORS. Uh, you'll get a three free $3 entry in draft. And uh, see you on there. And I hope you don't take all my money because it'd be very bad because I don't have much of it. Uh, but let's just sort of do a little breakdown of the game. If you didn't see it or if you were kind of, you know, snapping through it like I was threatening to throughout the entire thing, uh, the Raptors ended up winning 126-113 against the Suns. The Suns are so bad. I They're, like, unwatchably bad. Their defense is just... I don't know what's going on. I mean, I mean, it was in fairness to them, it was their third game in four nights, second night of a back-to-back. They just won in Philly the night before, so you can imagine they were pretty tired, I guess, and you know they, they had an impressive win the night before, so good on them. But even in that game, their defense was pretty awful. The Sixers just missed a million shots in that game. Um, you know, there was that gif over the weekend of the Suns just you know crapping the bed playing defense and uh, and, and not like grabbing offensive rebounds, just waiting for the Celtics to hit a three on them, and then they did the exact same thing to Philly in that game. Uh, ended up winning it anyway, but yeah, they're not a very good team. They're really not. The first quarter, it was kind of funny. Tyler Ulis got the Kyle Lowry assignment, and Lowry just was like toying with Ulis. It was pretty funny. It was kind of mean. It was like a very Lowry bullying type of thing. Like, oh, this dude's like three inches shorter than me. Okay, I rarely had the height advantage. I'm just going to take advantage of it now. He had 13 points on five of six shooting, three of four from deep in the first quarter. Uh, and then he was kind of quiet for the rest of the night. I mean, he did Kyle Lowry things. He picked up a charge. He had 10 assists, six boards. He was a plus 24. Um, like, he was Kyle Lowry in every sense of the word. But yeah, he, he kind of uh, took a back seat after the first quarter. And this game really felt just like the Raptors after the first quarter. They were up 13. Uh, they ended up winning by 13, so it was even the rest of the way. And it very much felt like the Raptors didn't care all that much. And how could you? The Suns are awful. Their defense is the worst in the league. You can kind of score whenever you want. Um, the Raptors were, I think, running the ball a little bit more than they usually would. I mean, they've been kind of upping the tempo this season more than tip- more than they typically have in the past. But uh, it seemed like you know the, the Suns came in as the fastest-paced team in the league as well and the Raptors were like okay we can play this way and be better than the Suns at this they weren't like trying to make the game into their own image and trying to you know slow things down they were just gunning and and, and running and, and just kind of pushing the pace and it ended up working out pretty well because you know the, the Suns defense is awful and while the Raptors had their transition defense issues of their own uh they, obviously they can just play that game much better than the Suns which is kind of nice the Raptors are not really a team that you kind of would classify as a team that's gonna try to you know outdo a team at what they do well. Usually they're just trying to stick with their stick to what they're doing, um, and that's just kind of how they go. They 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 you know in the past they've rolled with their their very simplistic offense and their you know high walling defense using the bigs, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. They don't really change things up, but they kind of adapted and we're kind of a chameleon for this game. And we're like, all right, we can just run and gun here and play a high paced game, and we're going to be better than the Suns at it, and they certainly were. Uh, Raptors shot 15 of 36 from deep for 41.7 percent. 
I mean, that's, uh, it's very much coming around as the Raptors just like, this is what they are now. It's not surprising anymore that they're putting up these crazy offensive numbers. Uh, 115.6 offensive rating last night. They, you know, again, the, the pace was 109, which is beyond what they normally would go for, but that didn't really matter. It just let them get up more shots. Um, the Suns were very turnover prone. They had 17 turnovers, but 10 in the first half, I believe. Um, and you can kind of just see they were just whipping the ball around. That was sort of the, I think, the telling thing. When the, when the game got a little fast and crazy, the Raptors, you know, they're typically a low turnover team, and they really stuck to that even when they were going quickly. They weren't making crazy mistakes. I mean, the odd one here and there, but the Suns, when they pushed the pace, they just turned the ball over incessantly. Uh, and the Raptors capitalized on that. They put up 17 more shots than the Suns did in this game, so it's not all that surprising that they won. The Suns got to the line a whole bunch, and I kind of feel like that was like a byproduct of the Raptors just not really caring all that much on defense. Defense. Norm Powell picked up five fouls in this game. Uh, that was weird. He doesn't really do that all that often. OG had four, uh, had four two, um, and they they sent them to the line quite a bit. But it didn't really hurt them because you know Devin Booker did pretty much all of his damage from the line. He was he only at nineteen points, four fifteen. He was ten of twelve from the line um, before he got hurt, and that was scary. Uh, thankfully, it's only two or three weeks apparently from the reports today on Devin Booker with the adductor strain. Uh, that looked like it could have been much worse. It was very much like the Demar Derozan injury from a couple years ago, and that was I think twenty one games that he missed. Um, so hopefully Booker can come back sooner than that. But he was not really a factor in that game. It was kind of like, I can't even say who the best son in that game was. I mean, Troy Daniels had like a moment where he was hitting some shots here and there. If Troy Daniels is your best performer, like, good for you, I guess. Uh, TJ Warren got tossed for two techs. Uh, Alex Len was actually okay in this one, um, but he was minus 15. You know, it was not a very good performance from any of the any of the Suns. Josh Jackson uh, maybe had the best Suns play of the night where he crossed over Yak Pertle and sent the entire ACC into a frenzy. Uh, poor Yak, but man, what a move by Jackson. And, like, he's at least an exciting prospect for them, but... Um, I gotta say, man, there was a lot of, like, flashbacks of just darker times for the Raptors with, uh, Jay Triano in town, a dude literally named Mike James on the team for the Suns, uh, and then Dragan Bender, who very kind of much resembles Andrea Bargnani a little bit, is that fair to say? Probably a little worse at this point in their careers. Um, yeah, just, uh, not a very inspiring team whatsoever, and... You know, I've kind of gotten into this thing with the Raptors where I've gotten a little bored with them, and like I, I think I've mentioned it on this podcast, and I'm kind of going through the motions trying to come up with stuff to talk about every single day, and, you know, maybe I should just, like, appreciate that the team is good and fun and winning a bunch of games kind of predictably, because it's far preferable to the Jay Triano days, far preferable far preferable to the Mike James days and the Andrea Bargnani days, um, and the Suns kind of bring all that to light. It's like, okay, yeah, you can be bored with a really good 15-7 and 7 team that is just really good and consistently is going to win games, uh, but you can also appreciate that they're not the Suns. So that's, I think, what I'm going to try to do a little bit more often. Kind of an awakening for me. Uh, I've maybe not been putting all of my weight behind the podcast because, like, there's been nothing to talk about. The Raptors have just been so damn good. Um, but, you know, there's nothing, like, we can just talk about how good the Raptors are. That's also very fun. So yeah, let's dive into some of the performances from this game that we want to talk about. Uh, I think the first one is Serge Ibaka. I mean, apparently a game against the Suns in the middle of December uh, is the time where Serge Ibaka decides to really care. Uh, I, in fairness, Dikembe Mutombo was in, t- in attendance. It was Giants of Africa night at the ACC. Masai um, Ujiri puts that on, of course, every year. Um, and maybe Serge was feeling a little jacked up from that. I don't know, but two games in a row, that, two games in a row now that Serge has looked really good. Uh, last night, 19 points, six boards, three blocks, 
Um, I made a joke that two of the blocks came on Alex Len and Jer- Jared Dudley, so that maybe should just count as one combined because those guys don't exactly have much hops. But uh, Serge was really good. He was active. He was looking engaged on the defensive end. Those three blocks, of course, um, he hasn't been racking up the block shots the way you maybe hoped to. Uh, you maybe hope that he would, but you know he played a lot of center last night, which I think is going to help those block numbers, as I talked about a little bit on the podcast before. Um, Jonas Valanciunas just played 18 minutes last night, uh, and we saw some run with with a block at center, which was very nice to see. And I think as the season goes along, Dwayne Casey's going to have to experiment more with that because that's just where he's best. We, we've hashed that over a million times too. Um, but Serge looked really effective last night, two of five from deep as well. He, um, what's his shooting splits right now? Sorry, I got to pull that up. But um, he's he's he feels like he's coming around a little bit, and you know this could be immediately followed up by a couple listless games where he doesn't look like he has much hops, but. Um, you know, I think overall, uh, he's kind of rounding in form a little bit. Uh, he is currently shooting. Oh, 34% from three. Yeah, that, that's coming up a little bit, though. He was pretty awful from the for, for the entire month of November, like 29%. So uh, two, of five night from last, two of five night last night should help him come back a little bit. Um, and it's good to see Serge rounding into form. Um, I have not been particularly concerned about his sort of maybe listlessness because I just feel like he's the kind of dude who will turn it on when it matters. And apparently a game against the Suns is what matters to him. Um, but no, I, I kind of just think like he's, if anyone's going to coast through the regular season, and I think we're kind of very okay with that at this point if the Raptors are going to lose a couple games here because they're taking a little easy to try to preserve themselves that's fine Um, and if anyone's going to take advantage of that I think it would be Serge who has played a lot of really high leverage games for very very good teams in the past and has been deep into playoff runs and I think knows what it takes to sort of you know manage yourself over the course of an entire season so if he wants to take November off that's fine I don't really care um, because I know what he can do and when he's playing center he's infinitely more effective than when he's playing power forward Um, and uh uh, I think the the minute split of Serge playing 33 minutes and Jonas at 18, I think that's going to become more of a thing, especially with Jakoperto playing 23 minutes last night. There's just going to be times, and we've talked about this too. Um, I just, it's hard to escape the the idea that just be, yeah, Jonas makes a ton of money. Yeah, he's one of the highest paid players on the team, but. He might be like the 10th most effective player on the team at this point. Jakob Pertl's been amazing the last couple games. He was 5 of 8 last night. He missed three shots, which I didn't know he could do. Uh, One of his shots was like a 12-foot jumper, which I'm pretty certain is the longest shot he's ever hit in his career. Uh, So congrats to Pertl for adding some range to his game, I guess. Um, He had 13 points, 5 boards last night. uh, And just he continues to look really good in those bench units that are just eviscerating teams. Although last night the bench was like... You know, leave it to the Suns to bring regression. The bench wasn't all that good in the second quarter. The Raptors actually got outscored in the second quarter, 23-19. It's the first time they've been outscored in a second quarter for like 10 games. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, sure. But that, that makes sense that the bench would finally struggle against the Phoenix Suns. But, uh, you know, the NBA is weird, I guess. Uh, but Pertle was good. Uh, Siakam was kind of the guy that struggled a little bit last night. He just, just had just two points. He airballed the three. Uh, looked a little bit rough. He had three assists and three steals, though, because Pascal Siakam does things when he on the court um but yeah the portal was really good and i think we're gonna see that uh, those minutes sort of be a little bit more fluid between you know it's been so steady with valentunas and abaka getting more than you know siakam and portal but i do think we're gonna start seeing abaka's going up maybe if he's playing more center uh valentunas is coming down if he's gonna have nights like he did last night where he was just four and eight uh, an 0-5 shooting i mean 
he doesn't really have much utility out there at this point. So if, if you could get Pirtle in there, who at least brings some good pick and roll defense and some good team defense uh, and a little bit more sort of dynamism as a role man than Jonas. I mean, Jonas is a really good role man. I don't want to discredit him, but uh, Pirtle seems to have a bit more of a connection with guys, uh, with, with Raptors guards. Uh, I think we're going to see, you know, I don't know if Casey's really going to care about the politics game if, if Pirtle's playing this well. Uh, 31 points for him over the last two games. I'm not sure we can expect that kind of output, but he's played really well. Well, and he's just got he's going to keep getting run from Casey I think and I think that makes sense and he seems like a guy who can probably fit better with Ibaka too in sort of defensive front courts if you wanted to close games like that um, it's uh, it's very nice OG Ananobi last night moving on to other guys who had nice nights OG was killer on offense 16 points uh, 4 or 5 from deep the thing about OG's shot is it's super weird. Uh, I think every time it's, it's going to miss, and it seems like it's on a different trajectory every single time. He doesn't really have like a release where um, you know he's firing at dead straight. It's not Clay Thompson's release by any means, or even Kyle Lowry or Serge Ibaka, where you can kind of see where the trajectory of the ball is going to go. OG kind of, you know, it seems like, um, I, I don't know, like a weird, like, spray chart for like a, a slap hitter in baseball uh, where it seems like it's going to go all over the place but somehow it finds the bottom of the net um, and he was really good last night and OG shooting numbers are up now too um, with that night last night he, he's bumped them all the way up to 41.7% of the season on 2.7 attempts I mean at some point it feels like it's going to come back down to earth but when he keeps has, having these nights uh, it doesn't really look like it's going to happen it, it's really bizarre because the shooting was the thing with him that was just always the the red flag uh, so kudos to OG for hitting his shots and really fitting in nicely with the starting lineup the starting lineup has been less of a concern the last couple games as well so that's nice to see a 36-23 first quarter yesterday excellent the, the third quarter as well although this was mostly powered by CJ Miles going nuts in the final few minutes of the, of the third quarter uh, but they won the third quarter 42-33 as well so the Suns kind of fix all of your ailments I think when they come through town because they are ass um so yeah, OG was really good, and it's nice to see that game from him because it feels like he's kind of been, you know, maybe turn, like on a little, little bit of a downturn. I don't know. Uh, his his offensive game hasn't been quite as effective as it was, I think, early in the season. So to see him have that explosion last night uh, was very, very heartening. And then I guess if we're gonna cap off conversation of the uh, of the best performances from last night, it's got to be Fred VanVleet and Kyle Lowry. I mean, the two point guards were amazing last night. I talked about Lowry's line, but just a little bit more on where he's at right now. Over the last 13 games, he's shooting 46% from three on 8.3 attempts a game. Uh, he's up to 19, 19.8 points in those in those games. 7.5 assists, 7.2 rebounds. Uh, all of his on court numbers are kind of where you would expect him to be, and where they have been in the past he's just one of the most effective players in the entire NBA when he's on the court um, I, I was listening to the uh, Raptors Reasonables podcast the Athletic Toronto with Blake Murphy and Eric Kareen uh, and I think it was uh, Eric kind of made the point that like okay Kyle Lowry's not beating a lot of these the best players in the league one-on-one -on -one. he's not beating Joel Embiid in a one-on-one -on -one game but in terms of like impact on winning, there are very few guys who can match what Lowry does, uh, and he's doing it again. And that little blip at the start of the year is very much that, just a blip, uh, because he's been just dynamite of late. He's 51% over the last 13 games. Over the course of the season, he's already up to, uh, he's kind of rebounding. He's, he was on like 12 points for a little bit of the season there. Uh, a game, now he's at 16.6. He's got 6.3 boards, which is a career high, 7.1 assists. Uh, his true shooting percentage is a career high as well. He's just doing everything across the board. And so, uh, you know, the, the concerns that people might have had 
early in the season about him declining or whatever, uh, you're fine. He's fine. He's going to be just okay. Uh, and he's only playing 32.8 minutes a game, which is still down five minutes or so, four and a half minutes from last season. Uh, he hasn't played less than 37 since 2014-15, and the lowest he's played, uh, or as low as the number of minutes he's played since 2012-13, his first season with the Raptors when he was at 29.7. So uh, this is all good, and one of the guys who's helping Lowry have less of a load, even with DeLon right out, is Fred Van Vliet, who keeps being amazing. I don't know what's going on with Fred. Uh, he had that rough start to the season where he wasn't shooting well and it was just kind of ineffective, yet Casey was still running him out there and it was getting pretty frustrating and crunch time and things like that. Uh, but God damn it, man. Fred Van Vliet is just killing it. 13 points last night again. Six assists. Uh, you know, the Raptors had 30 assists last night, by the way. Uh, that's the third time they've done it this season. They have done it four times over the last for three seasons combined, so uh, it's kind of becoming the norm now for the Raptors to just have a million assists, um, and yeah, Fred Van Vliet's done a really nice job in setting guys up, and just kind of, he's more steady, I think, than DeLon Wright is, obviously he's less sort of dynamic and less able to make the spectacular plays, uh, and less able to, you know, affect the game on the defensive end, but He's just incredibly steady. He makes the right decisions. Uh, his, you know, assist to turnover ratio is not far off from Kyle Lowry's, who's is always, you know, one of the best in the league. Um, he just, he's doing it all. He only was one of five from three last night, but it didn't matter. He, uh, you know, he's, he's closing games. He's playing crunch time. His, his net rating right now, unbelievably too. I don't really get how this is happening, but he's at a plus 18.5 in terms of on-court net rating, which... Which, I mean, among guys, it, it, it kind of varies depending on how what you want to make your arbitrary cutoff for minutes. But of guys playing more than 10 minutes a game, uh, Van Vliet is average. He's like fourth in terms of overall net rating if you want to bump that up to over 15. Uh, he's third right now, or second by right now, behind Zaza Pachulia, who's playing 14.8 minutes a game. And he's a plus 20.7. Fred Van Vliet's a plus 18.9. Sorry, I think I misspoke earlier. Uh, plus 18.9 uh, in 362 minutes this season. It's uh, it started how effective the team has been with him out there and uh, you know a lot of that is probably playing you know I, I can't even say that because he hasn't played with Larry all that much it's not like he's playing as like the second guy in bench units because like like say like Patrick Patterson for example like I think Patrick Patterson was a good player for the Raptors but a lot of his plus minus you know greatness was kind of attached to Kyle Lowry being a boss and you know while Van Vliet's playing some with with Lowry late in games and things like that you know, they're not running out those bench units and like Lowry plus bench units this season. It's just all bench units. And those units have been so good. And like, obviously Van Vliet's got something to do with those, even though he hasn't been, uh, you know, he hasn't been running the show pretty much all season. Like, you know, with DeLon Wright, he was kind of running the offense out there and Van Vliet was kind of spotting up around that. Um, but, you know, he's, he's taken over the reins and he continues to perform at an insanely high level. So, uh, the Raptors have done a really damn good job of developing dudes. I think that's kind of the the point of this is Van Vliet. I, I was really concerned when DeLon went down that Van Vliet was going to kind of be exposed as not all that effective a, of a backup in a, in, a, in a more expanded role. But I, I'm totally comfortable with Van Vliet now. And, you know, the Lowry comparisons are out there, whatever. He's not Kyle Lowry. We talked about this yesterday with Joe Wolfond. He's just like a very scaled-down version of Lowry and that he's just steady and knows what to do. Uh, is not going to get himself into trouble by doing things he can't do. And he really sort of compliments the rest of the guys in the court really well. You have him setting up guys like Miles and Pirtle just with ease and with regularity. And it's uh, it's beautiful to watch, man. The Raptors are, you know, it's it's been a complete surprise this season to me how many of these young guys have hit I think I talked before the season when I was ranking the young guys and sort of projecting them I thought maybe like three or four would actually be good but 
OG's hit. Pascal is hit. Uh, Powell has been, you know, he's kind of, re- I mean, he was bad last night, but he's returned to form a little bit. Pirtle's been really good. Wright was great before he went down. Van Vliet, like, there's five or six guys now that are just playing at a, at a level that I wouldn't have expected. Um, and, like, one of them, OG, wasn't even supposed to be playing. Van Vliet was the third-string point guard, and now he's just, like, an excellent backup who I, I think there's a lot of teams in the league that would really like to have Fred Van Vliet as a backup or even a starter. Like, he'd be the best point guard in the Bulls right now. I don't even think that's a question. Um, you know, how much would like, the, the Hornets love to have Fred as their backup to, to, to Kemba Walker with, uh, you know, Michael Carter-Williams and that crew who they have as his backup right now? Um, you know, even, you know, Tyler Eulis is starting for the Suns, and Eulis is, like, probably better than Van Vliet. I'm not sure how much better than Van Vliet. He's a little bit more talented from, like, a raw perspective maybe, but I'm sure they'd like to have Fred Van Vliet on the team as well instead of, like, Mike James, who might not be on the team anymore. I'm not sure what's going on with him. I think it's two-day... Uh, or his two-way is kind of up. He's played his 45 days with the Suns, uh, so who knows what's going to happen there. But uh, Tyler Eulis, man, he like he's the kind of the he's the point guard hope right now for the Suns, a team that used to have all the point guards. So uh, good job for pissing that away, Ryan McDonough. Uh, and they could use Fred VanVleet. I mean, we're going to see a lot of teams on this road trip coming up. How much would the Memphis Grizzlies like to have VanVleet as their backup to Mike Conley when he's out instead of Mario Chalmers? I mean. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Uh, the Clippers, they could use a, a point guard or anybody who can not get hurt right now. Um, there's just a lot of teams around the league that I think would really appreciate having Fred Van Vliet. And uh, I'm appreciating him more and more every day. I think I kind of took him as like, ah, he's like whatever. He's uh, the first guy to get cut if the Raptors need to add somebody or whatever. Uh, not going to happen. The Raptors are clearly invested in him. And the concern now with Fred is that maybe he plays himself into a contract this offseason where the Raptors can't afford to pay him. Or maybe it, it kind of... You know, throws a wrench into what they're going to do with DeLon Wright, too, um, because Fred's a free agent at the end of the season. He's uh, he's an RFA, and uh, DeLon Wright's due for an extension, and this is a good problem to have, having multiple good backup point guards after you just had to get rid of one for cap reasons, uh, and to have two guys come in that are going to make you make another decision is kind of nice. Uh, it, it's a just it, it's a more success from, from Masai Ujiri, I suppose, but um, yeah, the, the 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 Van Vliet thing is interesting because maybe he plays at this level all season long, and then he's looking at you know legitimate like Corey Joseph like backup money like that. I, that wouldn't shock me at all. There's a lot of teams out there that need a backup point guard, um, and maybe he just plays himself out of the Raptors price range. If that's the case, like good on Fred. I mean, congrats on being an undrafted dude and getting a contract. Like he's gonna get paid by somebody this offseason, you would think. Um, and if he's outside of the Raptors price range, I mean, just good on him for getting to that point. Um, but that could be a loss for the Raptors. Like, I, I wouldn't have come into the season and said, yeah, the Raptors have, the, the, like, outside of Norm when he signed that extension, I was like, you know what? Like, if any like any of the free agents leave, it's fine. Like, it's not that big a deal. Bebe and Fred or whatever, like, they're, they're nice players. But ultimately, that's not going to really impact the Raptors all that much if they end up leaving. Uh, but now Fred, like, might be an asset that you want to try to keep uh, keep a hold on. So who knows what's going to happen there. Obviously, they like him. Obviously, they're they're invested in him now. And uh, it would be fascinating to see how their point guard rotation shakes out. Uh, DeLon Wright's shooting now, apparently. So uh, he's inching his way towards a comeback. And eventually, someone's going to have their feelings hurt and not be in the rotation anymore. And Fred is making a real case for it not to be him. Um, so that's uh, that's really great. This was an opposite. This was a positive episode of the podcast. This, this was a good time. So the Raptors are uh, 15 and seven now. They go on a very easy road trip by you know Western road trip standards. They play Memphis, uh, the Clippers, and Kings on a back to back, which is not much of a back to back at this point. 
than the Suns again, who again are very awful. So uh, I think there's a real chance here for the Raptors to string together some wins and for the good times to continue and for them to stay really within the hunt at the top of the Eastern Conference. Boston's got to fall off at some point, you would think. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is a good time for, for the Raptors. Uh, and it's easy to get sort of caught up and bored maybe by just how metronomic they are. But I, I don't know. It's a, Maybe we should appreciate it more because uh, this is what we wanted. We just wanted a good team that uh, was relevant and consistent and good. And there's no drama. Um, you know, th- like the Thunder are in full meltdown mode right now. The Cavs had all that early season drama. The Raptors just don't have any drama. They're very just understated and low key and that's you know probably something to be very much appreciated so uh that's gonna do it for me uh make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on itunes please leave a rating leave a review it very much helps to uh you know move us up the rankings makes people discover the show uh, adds more listeners and uh, that's a very good thing um and i would very much appreciate you taking the time and uh, make sure you go to draft.com make sure you're checking out draft uh and uh you know subscribing or downloading the app or and you know adding me on there at locked on sean and uh it's a great time it's a really fun thing to do and uh i got a draft going this afternoon or today i i posted a little bit late so you're not gonna be on it but next Wednesday uh, for Draft Wednesday on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure you're tuning in uh, because it's a lot of fun and uh, it's great to steal my money because I'm bad at it. So, uh, all right. Thanks to Draft. Thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow with another episode of Lockdown Raptors. We're going to chat with Sahal Abdi. I don't know what we're going to talk about just yet. We'll see. We'll preview the road trip probably. Um, so stay tuned. We'll be back again on Friday with another, or Thursday with another episode with Sahal Abdi. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, everybody. Cheers.